Welcome to the Harmony Christian Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Purpose with presence is what I want to continue uh, talk about this morning. Purpose with presence. Pastor Josh has been uh, on a series just doing a fantastic job of sharing with us about presence, how important that is. And so I want to continue with that this morning and touch on an element that uh, he has referred to, but I just want to go into it a little bit deeper this morning, and that is uh, purpose with presence. Uh, we could I could have said presence with purpose. That makes a lot of sense too, doesn't it? But I want to talk to you this morning about your purpose with presence. Um, how many of you can, can imagine going uh, years ago going to a Billy Graham crusade, sitting there with the anticipation of Billy Graham coming out on stage, but you find out he's not there? What a disappointment. We went to uh, Dollywood uh, several years ago, and as we're mingling around going to, we'd been to Dollywood several times and have been there several times since, but we were there one particular day, and there was noise going through the crowd that Dolly was at Dollywood that day. And whether you're a Dolly fan or not, it was kind of exciting to know that Dolly was at Dollywood. We never did see her. <laughs> it was a disappointment. Can you imagine years ago of going to Graceland and Elvis would have been there? Well, the Lord has this anticipation with you and I of coming into the closet, coming into that quiet place, and us being there. And it's a disappointment when we're not. And it would be a disappointment to us if he wasn't, but he always is. So presence, as Pastor Josh has been sharing with us, is I just don't know how, there may be a more important topic for, for us to start this year out. I don't know what it would be. I, I think this is the most important topic that you and I could be uh, pondering, listening to, studying, and getting to be a part of who we are for this year, I, I've determined I want 2023 to be the year of presence like never before. Here's the thing we have to show up. But in my title this morning, it's Purpose with Presence. And as we think about all of that, we're going to talk about it here uh, later in my notes, but I, I want you to begin to realize and understand the importance of who you are. And, and it's not for us to puff ourselves up, for us to really think that we're hot stuff, because we're not. But you are important in the whole scheme of the kingdom. God has you here right now for a purpose. Sometimes I think, man, I would have loved to have lived back 
in the late 1800s were uh, with the westerns, you know, all those western shows make it look pretty good. Uh, the, the pioneers, I think, man, it would just been nice to have lived back then. But you know, really, today is the good old days. They really are. We are here, every one of us are here for a particular plan and a particular purpose. God has a calling upon your life. He has anointed you. He has gifted you. He has you specifically right here today where you're at. And once we become so enamored with who Christ is and who he is in us, then we begin, and only then do we begin, to live the fulfilled life that he has in store for us. So, as we become convinced of who we are, of who he is, then you realize that you have a purpose, and you need to do it with his presence. So, let's begin to look at some things here. Being holy in the presence is what Pastor Josh has been sharing with us, lingering in the glory. We did a little bit of that this morning. Basking in the atmosphere of His holiness. You know, we just kind of scratched the surface. It felt pretty, pretty good. But you know, we were, we were just scratching the surface. We were just getting started, weren't we, Paul? Because this thing is so deep, and it's so good, and it's so awesome. Relishing in the reverence and the awe of God. Worshiping the only true and living God. There is no other name in heaven and below heaven by which men must be saved other than the precious name of Jesus Christ. And I want us all to experience his presence like never before. Psalm 84.10. Pastor Josh has used this scripture at one time or another through this series. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And I think it's easy for us to read that, to say better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, but then we hit the floor running, don't we? Oh yes, better is one day in your courts, and then we hop up and we take off and we're all about our stuff. And we haven't spent a minute in his courts, let alone a day. It's interesting uh, to me that if you Google my title, Purpose with Presence, there was a bunch of stuff that came up. I just Googled it, and I, I hit on images, and I just hit on, uh, on all. You hit the word all. And there, 90% of what came up with Purpose with Presence were articles of uh, secular humanism, with the emphasis on you being totally present in order to fulfill your purpose, and your purpose is whatever you've decided it to be. The second humanistic way that Google articles handled purpose with presence is that as you lead others in their purpose, whatever they have decided their purpose is, you must be totally present in order to effectively lead them. I hope you're grasping what I'm saying there because that's really heavy stuff. 
Because that is the secularistic mindset in the world in which we're living. Now, even though there's some truths in what they're saying, you and I, as born-again believers, must live at a higher level. We don't live in that secular mindset that whatever I decide is my purpose. He has decided our purpose, and He wants to reveal it to you, and He wants you to operate in it, because whenever we operate in His purpose that He has for our lives, we will be anointed in that purpose, we will be blessed in that purpose, and others will be blessed because of our purpose. And the next step above that is then He is glorified in our purpose. So as you and I walk and we, we discover, we seek after, we, we yearn after what He has created us for, it becomes a tremendously fulfilling, fun, exciting, energizing life to live. You can get up every day and be excited about life because you know who you are in Christ. You know what He's called you to do. And you know that He's going to be with you and bless you and anoint you in what He's created your purpose for. Hallelujah. So purpose with presence. As believers in the Most High God, our desire should be to discover what He says my purpose in life is rather than me trying to come up with a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, You probably can say this by heart. For I know the plans I have for you. Says the Lord, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That, that becomes so cliche. We've heard that scripture so often that sometimes we just fly over it and it's just something that uh, it really doesn't have depth to it anymore. But God is speaking to his people and he says, I know the plans I have for you. Decla decla he's de declaring that. He knows the plan he has for you. And he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I'm saying, dear Lord, here I am. Use me. Lay it on me. Reveal it to me. Because I want to walk in it. Because when I'm walking in the plans and the purposes that you have already declared for my life, it's going to be the best way to live. How many people do you know? Maybe you have to even point the finger to yourself. How many people are living, just trying to find the best way to live their life? Well, I'll try this and I'll try that. I'll do this. And I, and I know sometimes you just have to do what you have to do to get a paycheck to come in. But how much more fulfilling it is whenever we begin to understand the purpose in which God has created us. And so then we have to be sure that you and I, the whole gist of what I'm getting at this morning is that we find out what our purpose is and then we do that with presence. And we'll, I'll explain that in depth here in a little bit. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
And you know, it's whenever I am sitting in his presence that I begin to realize I have been called out of darkness. And when darkness tries to come upon me, I resist that with everything within me because I have been called out of that. Whenever you are tempted to sin, whenever you are tempted to do things that would really be considered dark, you have to resist that and not just refuse to go there. I am not a person of darkness. I'm a person of light because He is light. He has shed His light abroad upon me, and I'm going to live in that. I'm going to live in the light of Jesus Christ. That is part of fulfilling your purpose. I refuse to live in darkness. And not only do I understand when I'm in His presence what I've been called out of, then I begin to realize what I'm called into. He's called me out of darkness and into His marvelous light. And when we begin to live in the light of Jesus Christ, it is marvelous. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we are in a world that is dark. But we're not of this world, amen? We are, we've been called out. We have been born again. We were born into this world, but we are born again into another world. And it's that world that should be ruling this world. Even in your life, the kingdom of God should be where you are abiding before you are abiding here upon the... It overrules, is what I'm trying to say. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor Josh has been referring... He, he's referred a time or two to Mary and Martha. And, uh, and you did it again this morning in Sunday school class. So yeah, you've, you've primed the pump. We're going to go there again this morning. In Luke chapter 10, I want us to take a look at this. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, Now it happened as they went, uh, as they went, that he entered a certain village. Well, he said it's a certain village. It's not just any village. It's a certain village. The village happened to be Bethany. Bethany is just east of the Mount of Olives. In Jesus' day, it was a tidy little town filled with olive, almond, and fig trees. And today, it's a very run-down uh, dump of a town. Actually, it's in disrepair. Bethany was the home of Simon the leper, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. It's believed that Jesus' ascension took place at the edge of Bethany. Bethany means house of poverty or house of affliction. Many times, you have to overcome a name. Amen? You have to overcome the names, the labels that people put upon you. I don't know what you've been called down through the, through the years. Uh, sometimes it's not good. Sometimes you haven't maybe had the best of upbringing. You have to come, come, overcome those names, those labels that's been put upon you. So Jesus enters into this town that is a house of poverty, a house of affliction. It says a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, it's interesting that the one who was the servant is also the one who invited Jesus into her house. You know, Mary's the one who was sitting at his feet. Martha's the one who's the servant. We always talk about a servant being a Martha. Martha was the same one who invited Jesus into her house. That's what servants do. They, they want people to come in. And they want to wait on them. They want to take care of them. So as a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
Something that we overlook, it's in the New King James, it's not in every uh, version, but in the New King James, it makes it clear to me that not only was Mary sitting at his feet, but Martha was too. Had you ever noticed that? And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet to hear his word. But something transpires, something takes place. She's sitting there right along with Mary. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So here you have Mary and Martha both sitting at the feet of Jesus. But what takes place? Martha begins to look around and begins to see all the stuff that needs to be done. And so she gets up and she goes to start doing those things. That's what serve. People who serve, that's what they do. They, they see things that need to be done. And to a servant, it's frustrating that other people don't see the things that need to be done. It's frustrating to them that, that those of us who, don't, who aren't necessarily motivated to serve, that we don't necessarily do it with excellence. That bugs a servant too. People who serve, they just see things. They, they, they know that this has to be done and that has to be done. And it needs to be done in this certain order so that it all comes together. So here's Martha sitting here at the feet of Jesus. But what happens? She gets distracted by all the stuff that needs to be done. So she goes and she begins to serve. And then she does what you do when you get frustrated. She complains. We all do that. We get frustrated, we get agitated, we get put out by people, and she gets put out by her own sister. And she said, Jesus, tell her to help me. Now, Pastor Josh has mentioned that doing is not wrong. We're, we've been talking about the presence. Mary is in his presence. And it's, but yet it's not wrong to be a doer. We have to first get in his presence before we go to be a doer. So it's very important that we remember this. In fact, uh, there are many people who need to be doing a lot more. Amen? How many people would you just like to grab hold of and say, hey, you do this. You, you just need to be busy. You need to get going. You need to be doing something. But it's so much more important that we're in his presence. We're going to come back to that verse here in a moment. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Let me, let me address that. You're worried and troubled. Anytime you are worried and troubled, you are out of the will of God. That, that's blunt. That's, that's just putting it right out there. But if you are worried and you are troubled, you are out of the will of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And whenever you are worried and you are troubled, you are not operating in faith. You can't worry and operate in faith at the same time. It won't work. You're either in or you're out. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. And so whenever He told Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, He's pointing right to her very problem. If she had stayed there in his presence and stayed worshipful and mindful, her mind was on him 
instead of worrying about the stuff that needs to be done, she would have been in a good place. Are there things that have to be done? Absolutely. That's what I was talking about. There's some people who need to be doing more doing. But we have to have all of that in priority. So if you are worried and troubled, determine you're going to come out of that. I'm going to be a person of faith. I'm not going to be a person who worries. And I'm not going to be troubled about anything. There's a lot of things for all of us to be worried and troubled about in today's world. But you have to resist that. You have to refuse to go there. Okay, so let's look back on verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Okay, so here is a reason. It's going to take a few minutes to build the foundation to explain this to you. But here's a reason that Martha makes a mistake. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 6, it says this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So here we have the gifts of the Spirit. And some people are truly gifted at serving. You see one of them was there. If his gift is serving, let him serve. Some people are truly gifted at serving. And I believe Martha was one of those people. She was a gifted server. And so she's motivated from the inside to serve outward. And many people are that way. These are the people who really especially have to concentrate on presence. Because there's always things to do. And so Martha had a purpose. She had a calling upon her life for serving. Her purpose was to serve and to serve others and to serve the kingdom. But it's purpose with presence. And so here's an element of something we have to remember. What happened when Martha got up and left? We, we give her a hard time, but she doesn't have the advantage that you and I have. Because remember, she's living on the back side of the cross. You and I are living on this side of the cross. Now, this is important. I hope you grab, grab this. Stay with me here. Think. She was living on the back side of the cross, which meant whenever she got up, And she left the room. She really did leave his presence. But you and I, we have a great advantage. Christ in us. The hope of glory. When we get up and we go do our stuff, we don't leave leave his presence. He's still with us. And so that's how you and I, in the New Testament, we can have purpose with presence. There is so much to do. There is so much to do right here within the four walls of this church. 
But imagine, think of all the kingdom stuff to do out there. But we first, if we're going to be effective, we have got to get into his presence. We have to spend time. We have to go into that prayer closet and we have to seek him with all of our heart. But the glorious thing is, is we get up and we go out and we begin to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we still have his presence all over us. What a glorious thing we have through Christ Jesus. It's amazing. It's wonderful. We don't grasp hold of the depth of simple little phrases like Christ who lives in us. You are the temple of the Most High God. It just amazes me. You've heard me say it from from this stage before. It just amazes me how the God of the, he created the, whenever he said, let there be light. And let there be, do you know that the universe is still expanding? It didn't stop that day. It's still expanding. He's still, it's still creating. The God of the universe brought himself down to live inside of us. It's hard for us to fathom. But I'll tell you what, folks, you, you, you see it. You see it. This world, it seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket, as they say. And how quickly things have turned. I suppose maybe some of you have seen where uh, AT&T and uh, who's the other one? It would be uh, DirecTV canceled Newsmax last week. Newsmax. Newsmax, which is a Christian-based news organization that brings the news in a, from a Christian perspective. It, it's number four in, uh, in news broadcasts. AT&T and DirecTV canceled Newsmax. Now, I'm telling you, folks, that is a sign right there that the cancel culture wants to eliminate Christianity in America. They want the Christian voice to be silenced. We have a war on our hands. We are in a battle. But the good thing is, we're on the winning team. Jesus already defeated the devil at Calvary. He declawed him and he pulled his teeth at the resurrection. He is literally powerless if you got to catch this word if he is powerless if you appropriate the promises of God when you and I live with Christ in us and we appropriate the promises that we have if God is for us who can be against us And we will be victorious, but there is a battle. And we have to stand and fight the battle. And I want all of us to be able to say, as Paul did, I have ran the race. I have finished the course. I have fought the good fight, is what he started out with. He fought. What's a good fight? The good fight's the one that you win. It's a bad fight when you lose. But we are in a good fight because we are the winners. 
At times, it doesn't look like we're winning, but we are on the winning side. But will you enter into the battle? Because there is a battle raging out there. It's raging out there to steal your children. John 10.10, Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's out to kill kill you. He's out to steal from you. He's out to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to steal from from you. He wants to take your kids. He wants to do he wants to annihilate you. If you do a word study on those words of steal, kill, and destroy, what it means is he wants to totally pulverize you until there is nothing left but liquid. Now this is kind of gross, but this is exactly what it means. Where there is nothing but liquid of you for him to slurp up. That's how. That's how much he hates you and wants to annihilate your life. We're in a battle. But man, whenever we come into the presence, all chains are broken. All bondages are gone. And we can come out of that prayer closet and we know that we have purpose And we have his presence right there with us to cause us to be overcomers. But that's what you you have to determine that. It is your choice each and every day whether you're going to live like that or whether you're going to just let the devil have his way. Does the devil have power? Yes, he does have power, but we have to realize that God nullified all of that through Christ if we appropriate it. If we don't appropriate it, then he's just going to run ramshod over everything that, that we are involved with. But when we stand up against the wiles of the devil, you and I are representatives of the Most High God, and we will see victory. He, he, he doesn't get our kids. He doesn't get our grandkids. There's no, he, he, he can't have them. Well, Pastor Ronnie's already got my grand. Okay, well then let's get them back. They're not his. They don't belong to him. So let's get them back. It takes some spiritual warfare. It takes some, it takes some effort. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he wants you to be victorious because it makes him look good. He, he's good regardless, but he has given us everything to have victory over the devil. Let's be people who live with the purpose that God has given to us and live it with his presence all over it. What a wonderful way to live. That's short and sweet, but that's all I've got for you this morning. I want us to understand our purpose and that purpose with presence. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, if you only knew what Christ wants to do through you. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning.
there be anyone here this morning that would just want to raise your hand and say, Ron, pray for me. I, I, I need this empowerment. I need what you're talking about this morning. If there be anybody who want to raise their hand and say, pray for me, Ron, I, I need what you're talking about. That's amazing. Okay. Father, I pray for those that raise their hand that you would reveal yourself like never before, that their eyes would be illuminated to everything that they are in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for bringing victory bringing results. I bless you and thank you. May you be high and lifted up. May you be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more messages like this or information about our church, please visit harmonychurchfamily.org.